know, all you see coming out of the community now is this onslaught uh, attack on children. And so it's hard to blame them. So I wanted to show that, you know, the vast majority of us are against it. Um, we're not the same as them. Um, and we are gonna fight just as strongly against them as everybody else. Hey, Joyful Warriors, thank you for joining us today. Today, we have a really special guest, Jamie Michelle, who is the founder of a group called Gays Against Groomers. And um, if you follow us on Twitter, Moms for Liberty, you know that we've been really active in this conversation happening nationally about the sexualization of our kids, especially in government schools. And we're very concerned about some of the things that are being taught. We're very concerned about some of the private conversations that are apparently happening between adults and kids at school. And parents are being kept out of those conversations. Secrets are being kept uh, between adults at school and children and parents aren't getting a say, aren't being told about different issues that their children might be dealing with. So when I saw Gays Against Groomers pop up on Twitter and start um, advocating as, as a group of really concerned citizens who um, share um, many things uh, with us, including the fact that uh, they're concerned about kids too, uh, we were excited. Now, uh, Jamie, uh, Michelle is the founder, as I said, and they have dealt with all kinds of different issues since they have started. Um, they have been blocked by PayPal, I believe. They have been censored on Twitter. Um, and so uh, it's very interesting that it seems that people that are, are speaking truth and protecting the innocence of kids um, are trying, people are trying to silence us. So welcome, Jamie, uh, to the Moms for Liberty uh, Joyful Warrior podcast. Uh, we're really happy to have you today. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here with you guys. Awesome. So tell us, how did this start? Well, you know, us, like everybody else, has been seeing the uptick of um, insanity coming out of the LGBTQIA++2 whatever. There's a million letters now added in. Uh, we've been seeing all the madness coming out. Um, and, you know, it started long before they started attacking children. Um, you know, just the hypersexualization, pushing it down all of society's throat, you know, Pride Month. We're all so glad when July rolls around and that's over. It's just too much. But, uh, you know, and then they started going after kids and that was the red line um, for all of us, as it should be for everyone. And so, you know, I have been online with a, with a large presence um, for like six years as the gay who strayed. It's, uh, you know conservative right-wing um, social media account um, that I have been using for years to kind of show that, you know, you don't have to be a straight white male to be on the right um, and that the right isn't all straight white males, that, you know, there's so many of us uh, that are conservatives. And so I grew that over, over six years and I was like, with my platform at this point, I have to do something. I have to try to do something from my perspective, oops, sorry, <laughs> from my perspective and from inside the gay community. Um, and so I launched Gays Against Groomers. Today is actually our four month anniversary. Uh, it's been a whirlwind of a few months. And um, yeah, people can see how effective we are, how necessary our voices are in this fight. I think our meteoric growth has shown that. Um, and yeah, the, you know, the uh, alphabet mafia and all of those pushing this evil agenda on kids, they can see that. And uh, they're very scared of us, and they should be. 
And so we've faced um, unprecedented uh, banning censorship. As you said before, we were banned from PayPal, Venmo, and Google, all within 24 hours, very coordinated. We have been banned from Twitter a few times. We've gotten it back somehow and a bunch of other services too. But, you know, that doesn't scare us. That doesn't intimidate us. It just lights the fire under our behinds even more. And we're not going anywhere until this is ended. So, Jamie, help me understand, how is what's happening now different than the civil rights movements of gays and lesbians? Um, How is this different right now? Gays and lesbians fought very hard just to be seen as equals in society, just to have the same rights as everybody else. And I think that that was a, a, a worthy fight, a necessary fight. And um, the mass majority of us just wanted that. We don't we didn't want to go any further, just be seen as everybody else, be treated as everybody else. But, um, you know, these radical activists who have hijacked our community now have just been pushing, I think, you know, obviously for supremacy, special privilege, uh, immunity from just disgusting um, behavior and things that they're doing. Uh, And and so, yeah, it's not it's completely um, unhinged at this point. And none of us within our organization and everybody that supports us that's within the community um, we we want nothing to do with that. Um, it's actually giving all of us a really bad name by association. You know, I, I started Gays Against Groomers for two reasons. First and foremost, by far, is to protect kids, to stop this from happening to kids, but also to try and like reclaim our good standing in society. We achieved equal rights just a few years ago. I believe it was 2015. That's not that long ago. And it feels like within a few months, um, that has been completely wiped away. Uh, they're They're pushing all of all of the um, progress that we've made backwards, they're erasing it. And the backlash is already starting against us as a whole, as a community. Um, And I don't even blame people for that because, you know, all you see coming out of the community now is this onslaught uh, attack on children. And so it's hard to blame them. So I wanted to show that, you know, the vast majority of us are against it. Um, We're not the same as them. Um, and we are going to fight just as strongly against them as everybody else. So, Jamie, let's break that down a little bit. And so, again, we're so thankful for you. And, and I just want to make it clear, there's been a lot, a lot that's ri- been written about Moms for Liberty. And I think the media has really wanted to make us look like an anti-LGBTQ group. And nothing could be further from the truth. I've stated mm-hmm. before, I state again, we have members who are gay, who are parents. We have members who have kids who are gay. And it's 2022, Um, parents love and and accept their children. And so I've questioned, right, what is going on right now in the schools that the schools feel that they need to tell kids that home isn't a safe place? And that's really concerning. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, What what should parents be doing when they're dealing with... um, schools that are telling kids, you know, you can't come out at home, your parents might reject you. Um, and, and I happen to think it's kind of part of the plan, right? They want to separate sure. the kids from the parents. Yep. Well, that's, you know, cult tactics 101. Um, you know, they want to become the, these kids' new families. They want to become their confidants. They want to separate them uh, from their family and make them, you know, uh, put a, a large divide between the child and the parents so they can swoop in and, uh, you know, care for them, as they say, which obviously we know that isn't true. They're predators. They're child predators. 
And yeah, I mean, I would just say that it's really important to keep the line of communication open. Make sure that they feel comfortable coming to you about anything. Um, and, you know, make them aware that I would say make them aware that like this is the kind of behavior these tactics are used notoriously by, you know, predatory groups, cults, um, help them understand that, you know, it's dangerous. Um, it's not coming from a good place. But so a, a mm -hmm. lot of times, especially with these new comprehensive sex education standards, and I don't know if you've looked into them at all, oh, yeah. but I encourage – you have. Okay, good. Oh, yeah. I encourage parents to look at, at the new sex ed standards because there are a lot of people that are saying, well, no, children have to learn about this at a very right. early age, right? And we want to talk about pleasure-based sex uh, rather than teaching about reproductive biology. And so I think right. the question that many parents are asking is, why are you talking Talking to my kid about their gender identity or their sexual orientation, especially in elementary school. So uh, just some feedback, I guess, from, I know you can't speak for every gay person in America, right. obviously, and I'm not asking you to, but one of the things that I've said um, is my children don't need a sexual spirit guide. I right. have four kids, right? Yeah. And and I can raise my kids, whether they're straight or gay, it's the same child that I'm raising as far as, you know, love, commitment, kindness, respect. Um, and, and you want for them in whatever relationship they are in as an adult, uh, when it's appropriate to be in sexual relationships, right? Um, you, we, you want them to, to have a, a healthy relationship with whoever that is, whether that's a man or a woman. And so if we could just talk about that for a second, because... This idea that you have gay adults that are saying to saying to parents, you just don't, you can't raise your kid properly. I can do it better than you because your child might be gay. What what do you say to that? What what can we do? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that the motivation behind it is to normalize. You know, the the push to sexualize these children is to normalize it for them, normalize sex, normalize inappropriate things for children that have always been inappropriate for children to just make that seem okay um, and a path for them to just explore. Obviously that's not true. I mean, I truly believe that the motivation behind it is to eventually make them okay with consenting uh, to sex with adults. I think that pedophiles really are behind this whole thing, them and big pharma. Um, you know, the medical industry, those are the two big factors, I think, that are pushing all of this. Because, uh, you know, to go beyond sexualization of children into the medicalization and mutilation of them, I mean, if a child can consent to life-altering permanent decisions that will affect them for the rest of their lives, to change their gender before they can even really pick their bedtimes, right? Like, before... Right it's insane. Um, but what, if, if they can consent to that, what can't they consent to? So mm -hmm. I think that that's a really, um, short line to draw from A to B. Um, but yeah, it, it's insane. Uh, this has always been a parent's job. And, you know, when I was growing up, when all of us in our organization were growing up, we're so grateful we grew up when we did. Um, but we didn't have any of this anywhere. It wasn't in the media. It wasn't talked about. It just wasn't a thing. And now, you know, there's really no putting it back in the box. Like it's out, it's going to be in the media. You know, there's going to be representation everywhere. Pride month is going to always be there, unfortunately. And, um, you know, they're going to figure it out on their own. Our society is more accepting and tolerant than it's ever been. I, I often say that our society has overdosed on tolerance and that <laughs> is like a huge problem. Um, you know, we need to reel it back in a bit, but the kids don't need this in school. Um, just because, I mean, for many reasons, like they're like they they can see it everywhere else. 
Uh, and beyond that, it's nobody's place but a parent to um, talk to their kids about this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and it's really like kind of creepy, actually. It, it's to, a, to yeah, that it's predatory. It's predatory. Mm-hmm. It's completely, you know, it's it's what child, it's grooming. It's literally grooming them to um, be comfortable with talking about sex, exploring their bodies, questioning things very, very early. And, you know, these adults that are doing this, they know what they're doing. They know it's wrong, but they're doing it for nefarious reasons. Because like I said, I mean, I really think it's to... Uh, to normalize pedophilia. And I know they're trying to add that P onto our acronym, which is already like 20 letters long. And I think there's a number in there too. But, you know, we are here to say that will never happen. We are stopping that. We are going to reverse the slope. Um, and, you know, back back when gay marriage was being pushed to, you know, we were trying to legalize gay marriage you know, radical Christians, you know, right, very far right people were warning about the slippery slope. And I and everybody else, you know, like me, we we all thought that they we were very naive. We thought they were crazy because literally all we wanted were equal rights. And now, you know, uh, we'll never forgive these activists, these radicals um, for proving them to be correct. And now it's time to clean things up a bit. Let's exactly. talk about the gender identity issue. It seems to be like the most regressive, uh, backwards oh, yes. thought process that somehow, um, I'm 43. I was raised, you know, be who you want to be, whatever girl that is, right? If you want to wear shorts and a t-shirt, if you want to play sports, if you want to wear a dress. I mean, I really, I really grew up in a time when it was like, you know, be who you want to be. And, and we accept and love gender non, non-conforming kids. And now it almost seems like if you have a child that doesn't conform with specifically what it what it society thinks it means or whatever people say is a girl or a boy, kids are being told, well, maybe you were born in the wrong body. Right. This is a huge concern of ours. This is something we focus on a lot because, you know, all of us, like I said, we're very grateful to have grown up when we did because all of us would have likely been led to believe we were quote unquote born in the wrong body. I'm, I was a tomboy growing up. I'm still a tomboy. I wear men's clothes, you know, for, for like seven years, my hair was incredibly short, like, you know, and that's okay. I love being an androgynous woman and it's okay to be a feminine boy uh, or, or, or a masculine, more masculine girl. That's okay. That's a beautiful thing. Um, and you're right. It's a hundred percent. It's like incredibly regressive. You know, they call it progressive, but it's like the exact opposite. We as a community, you know, gay, gay and lesbian people have been trying to dismantle these, uh, rigid binary gender stereotypes because many of us don't fit into them and that's okay. Um, and so one of our big campaigns is actually called save the tomboys because they're erasing, you know, many, many of these kids, um, like the majority of these kids would otherwise grow up to be gay and lesbian adults. They're, they're preying on these kids, these gender nonconforming kids, um, and, and, and telling them that they're born in the wrong body and that they have to, you know, to, to be their true selves, they have to be medicalized and put on these harmful drugs and get surgeries. And it's just like the epitome of evil. I can't think of many things more evil than that to tell a child that, um, they're perfect as they are, uh, the way they were made, uh, the way they, the, the way they exist in this world is perfectly fine. And, you know, it's not, it, it goes beyond that. It's more than just, it, it's not natural anymore. You know, I, I like to call schools dysphoria factories because wow. they are planting these ideas in their, in these kids' heads that, you know, otherwise they wouldn't think about at all. Um, 
And I think that they're creating a whole generation of dysphoric kids or questioning confused kids. More adolescence, childhood is already very confusing. Puberty sucks for everybody. Um, Thank you. It's a hard how many time. women, Jamie, how many women have you met who are like, puberty was so great. I loved every single second of it. Right. I felt wonderful <laughs> getting my period and growing up and becoming a woman. Every girl struggles, right? right? I've yet to meet girls a girl who than- doesn't struggle. Yeah, girls more than boys for sure, but boys too. You yeah, know, it's you're just right. a confusing, scary time. But girls definitely, you know, they're they they hate I don't know a single girl that has loved puberty. I mean, it's scary, yeah. it's confusing. Your body is changing. Um, things are happening that you don't Everybody notices want to be <laughs> happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that a lot of these young girls are thinking, well, sh- I could just avoid all that, you know, and I can just be a boy. Um, and that's not true. You know, a girl can never be a boy and a boy can never be a girl. And it's just really sad. It, it truly breaks our hearts to see this happening to these kids. And so let's yeah, talk about that for a second. A girl, can, a man can never be a woman and vice versa. Let's talk about Title IX um, oh, and, yeah. and so, what some of your members think about some of the proposed changes to the regulations for Title IX, um, especially, you know, you have men or, or boys participating in girls' sports, um, you know, girls' private spaces in schools, bathrooms. Um, what's the overall consensus? And did you guys submit a lot of comments to, to the Office of Civil Rights on this issue? Yeah, we did. We actually have it posted on our site. Um, We wrote a very lengthy statement, probably a lot longer than we needed to, but we have a lot to say about that. Um, It's very dangerous. uh, And the people pushing this, they know it's dangerous. I mean, we already see what's happening um, in, in girls' locker rooms. And, you know, that that story just came out about the volleyball, the girls volleyball team that were uncomfortable with a, a, you know, a biological male in their locker room. They were being harassed, I believe. Um, And so, of course, they don't want the biological male there. And um, what happened is these uh, authorities turn around and kick the girls out of the locker room. You know, they defend they they defend these biological males that, you know, are claiming to be women and they're, are girls and they're not. Um, you know, I often say like the patriarchy is back. I don't know where all these feminists are. You know, there's a lot of feminists actually fighting against this, but like, you know, the women's march, um, and, uh, all these feminists, like corporate organizations, um, where are they? They're siding with biological males now over women. They can't even define what a woman is. And so, yeah, um, making gender identity a protected class, uh, a pro- you know, a legal protection is incredibly uh, scary. It's going to lead to so much more harm. Um, and like I said, they know this. They know it's not safe. It's it. They and it's all part of that. You know, like they don't yeah. care. They always say like protect trans kids, and it's you know you must affirm them. Would you rather have a dead child or a trans child? Which is a total lie. Statistics prove that. But, you know, they use this language as a cover when it's a total lie. And, and, and the government has been doing that forever, you know, with with any kind of big agenda they're trying to push. Um, but, yeah, I, I recommend if anybody wants to see our public comment, it's on our website, on our blog. Just go to gaysagainstgroomers.com. 
uh, and you can see our uh, the post on there. Um, so the last question, and, and let's so we'll jump back in for a second, and we'll close yeah. out so you can go. Um, thank you. So Jamie, I just want to say thank you to you and your members, and I, on behalf of of Moms for Liberty, because I think there's been such an effort by mainstream media and the progressive far left to really divide all of us and to try to keep us separate so that we can be controlled and to try to make us think that our neighbor is our enemy, but our neighbor isn't our enemy. No. Um, and we need to embrace each other, I think, and recognize that these people do know what they're doing is wrong because they're hiding it from us. And people who don't aren't doing things wrong don't try to hide things, right? But exactly. parents are finding out, and we're so thankful for your group. Um, how can we help you? How can Americans help each other, you know, to not be divided, to not allow mainstream media to divide us on um, these issues where we're really much more similar uh, than we are different, aren't we? A hundred percent. And you really touched on it so well. I mean, this is the most uniting cause on earth. I truly believe that protecting children um, from abuse and, and um, being preyed upon uh, and everything that goes with that, which is, you know, as we're learning, very horrific. Um, but yeah, this is the most uniting cause on earth. You know, Gays Against Groomers is a nonpartisan organization. Uh, you know, many of us fall on the right, but we also have left-wing contributors. And you would be shocked at the messages we get. We get, um, you know, far, far right people that don't necessarily agree with being gay or the quote-unquote lifestyle, as they say, um, but they stand arm, they stand right next to us and they tell us how much they support us and they're grateful for us. And we have people that have DM'd us uh, and emailed us with literal hammer and sickles, you know, the little communist icon in their bios. And they're like, I'm with you. This has just gotten absolutely insane. So, you know, the people trying to write us, everybody off write us off, all other groups off that are, you know, child pr trying to protect children as, um, you know, far right is they're, they're in for a rude awakening because this is incredibly uniting and, um, we're seeing that. So yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you having me on. Um, I'm such a, I admire everything that your organization has done and what you have done. Um, and I'm super happy to just be, you know, standing next to you in this fight. People can, uh, learn more about us at gazeagainstgroomers.com. All of our social links are on there. Um, we're on all the alt platforms because we just, you know, we know the bands are coming. Um, people can donate there to support our movement. Um, we have a lot of events coming up. We're, we're building, we're, we're launching, I think, over 40 chapters across the U.S. and even internationally. And yeah, we're, we have a lot of things in, in store. We're really just getting warmed up. Um, so yeah, just people can go to our site, check us out and support us however they'd like there. That's awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. And, and listen, Americans, American media or anybody that thinks that you're going to divide us going forward in this country, you've got another thing coming. We are not stopping. We're uniting together to protect the children of America. And we will be successful in doing that. We promise you. So um, you want to take Jamie that. on, you want to take me on, uh, you know, bring it uh, because we are brave and we will stand in defense of children. So thank you, Jamie. Uh, thank you to Gays Against Groomers for joining us today. And uh, we will uh, do our best to support you in your efforts going forward. Thank you. Hey, Joyful Warriors. So right now we are joined by Anne Marie Adams. And Anne Marie is the vice chair of our Kitsap County, Washington uh, chapter. And welcome to the Joyful Warrior podcast, Anne Marie. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Well, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I got to get a kid to a dentist appointment, but we're good. 
All right. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the award that you received at our, our, our gala that we had. We had the Joyful Warrior Summit in Tampa, and we had the Founders Awards. And you were nominated by your chapter and, and chosen as the, the winner of the Mary Catherine Goddard Award. And I'll just read a little bit about Mary Catherine Goddard. Um, this award was, pro- uh, was awarded for promoting the teaching of the principles of liberty in our homes and communities. Goddard was the first person to publish the Declaration of Independence with all the signers' names. She included her name at the bottom as the publisher, framing her as a traitor alongside the signers. Like Mary Catherine, this award goes to someone who holds the principles of liberty so dear they are willing to promote it at all personal costs. And so uh, congratulations, Anne-Marie. And then Thank you. I, your chapter said this about you. Uh, Anne-Marie lives liberty out loud. Her two children, Emily and Killian, are both adopted from China. She teaches them the Constitution, history of their adoptive home, and how to live a life free from victimhood. Due to PTSD from treatment her son suffered for years in an, from years in an orphanage, he could not endure mandated masking, and Anne-Marie had to figure out how to homeschool her children despite being a single mom with a full-time job. She has managed to raise children who embrace both their heritage and the freedoms America provides while she fights for those freedoms to be preserved. Um, wow, Anne-Marie, it was a pleasure meeting you at the summit, and, and we love working with you. Tell us a, a little bit about yourself and why you got involved with Moms for Liberty. So um, I was an army wife for 25 years, and um, we have lived all over the South, actually. We never got any fancy duty stations like Hawaii or anything. So, um, And uh, growing up, being an American was always something to be very proud of. And this is a very unique country to live in. And so when we were finally able to start a family, um, we chose to adopt and we chose to adopt from China. Um, and when we, when the kids were old enough to go to school, we were stationed back in North Carolina. So we homeschooled. And since we were on the I-95 corridor, we, I really wanted to do U.S. history. So my kids were very young learning U.S. history, going to Jamestown and Colonial Williamsburg and, you know, up and down, um, the, the coast, learning about different battlefields and things. And my daughter really clung on to U.S. history. She loved it. Um, and when in Washington state, we're still under emergency powers until October 31st, according to Governor Inslee, that's when it's all over. Um, and my son could not wear a mask. My daughter was sixth grader of the year at her middle school. And when she came home from that award, she said, I don't want to go back in. I don't want to go back in the buildings. And my kids love school and they love school because we've taught them to love learning. And so I had to make a decision and I work in early intervention, special education. So I work with birth to three with um, families that have children with special needs and um, somebody needed to be a voice. We knew the masks were not okay. We knew developmentally they were not okay. And um, so summer of 20, 21. It's so hard to remember what year sometimes, but um, I was looking for other parents to stand up with me. And it happened to be another mom started a group called CK Parents for Freedom. And so within 24 hours, she had like 400 people on this group. And so that's where I jumped in and said, where do you need my help? Because I'm willing to help. And I went and spoke at the first in-person school board meeting. I brought pictures of kids that were from a feelings book and I covered their faces with post-it notes. And I said, can you tell me as an adult what this child is feeling? And they couldn't. And I said, be a kindergartner, be a preschooler, be a first grader. 
and not be able to understand what people are trying to express with their facial expressions. We can't do this. We have kids with sensory processing. We have kids on the ASD spectrum. We have kids that just have not experienced life without a mask and they don't understand how to read or even they're not even hearing the sounds correctly, let alone our students who have experienced PTSD from trauma. We know childhood trauma exists and we are negating those traumas um, by saying you have to do this. And so I didn't think this was going to be a hard sell. <laughs> Developmentally, I didn't think so. And um, what I found out after that meeting just led to more and more, you've got to be kidding me, this is what's happening in schools. You know, people were sharing what was happening. Teachers, administrators, parents were finding policies. And I was just like, wait, I'm a teacher. What are you doing to the buildings? What is going on? Um, and then Moms for Liberty had kicked in about the same time that all, you know, these other groups were kicking in. And um, we decided, well, we, me, um, we had a school board election and two candidates and one of them dropped out the last minute. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Parents need a choice. And so we created a write-in campaign and we had people telling us how to, I didn't even know you had to register as a write-in. People telling me, oh yeah, no, I voted online. I'm going to go back and change my vote. I was like, what do you mean we have online voting? Oh yeah, that's completely legit, right? I mean, I was it was just taking water in from a fire hose, right? I was just like, what is this? Um, and so Joy stepped in to help endorse, Moms for Liberty, to endorse our two write-in candidates in the county. And that's how she and I got connected. And in December, you know, she was like, do you think you might want to help? I was like, oh my God, yes. Yeah, like you have traction. I need traction. Um, you know, I didn't want to just be this, you know, as I was called this pissed off white middle-class mom. And I was like, oh yeah, no, you got all that right. I'll identify as that. I am a pissed off mom. And, um, and so we were able to just really get some motivation. And as parents were experiencing things, as kids were back in buildings, they were reaching out to Joy and I and sharing what was going on. And, we were a voice for them. We were a safe place for them. Um, teachers were telling us what was going on. Administrators were sharing. And we really felt that we need to protect these individuals who are bra being brave enough. And my kids are products of Chairman Mao's policies, like this many years later. And they, they did not survive that insanity in China to have to deal with this insanity here. There's no way. There's no way. Well, and so. so I know you're talking a little bit about, you know, James Lindsay, uh, New new Discourses. He has a podcast. If you don't listen to James, I suggest you listen to him. It yes. sounds like you absolutely are. And yeah, I know you spoke at our summit, but he talks about the building of the Red Guard in America right now and what's happening yeah. in America's public schools, of that wedge mm -hmm. being driven between the parent and the child. And it sounds like you've very clearly seen that happening. Yes. Um, Anne-Marie, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I want to thank you for coming on, but I do want to ask you before we go, how do we help the teachers of America? Because uh, we really find at Moms for Liberty across the country that teachers um, want to get back to teaching. They are yeah. very concerned about the fact that schools were closed. They're seeing kids who have enormous um, regression in many different ways. And a lot of these kids weren't doing great to begin with. Um, and so how, do, how can we help teachers? So what Joy and I do in our chapter at least is that we make sure that the teachers know that we're going to protect them at all costs when they are reaching out so we make sure that it is anonymous that the information we're getting if if they say we can share it we are screen grabbing editing making sure that there's nothing there that can be 
um, parlayed back. Um, I've had administrators message me about policy changes and, you know, they're like, but you can't say this yet because it's so new. So I will go and I will find the policy that they are referring to and I will find the information within that policy and I will speak out about the policy that's already there. So one of the things we found out is policy 3211, which is the gender inclusion policy, is in every single school district in this county. Oh, and across the state. Um, and we have a couple other policies that are identical in the in the um county and then across the state. So what we've discovered is our group WASDA, which teaches all of the school board directors how to be school board directors, is really part of the system that's creating policy. It's not at the local level. And so I think by continually speaking out, keeping those teachers and admins safe and having them tell their other like-minded coworkers, listen, they will keep you safe. Um, what we have found is when, when a person speaks up and they experience that, they come back and they keep speaking up and they keep asking questions. And so we do a Joyful Warrior Award every month in our meetings. And this month we had two people, you know, that we wanted to award because of what they've done. They, they didn't like what they saw. They reached out to administrators. They asked questions. They were gobsmacked at what they found out, and now they're highly motivated to keep going. And that's what we need. Courage is courageous, isn't that what we say? And we do it joyfully. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to encourage them to be those joyful warriors that help educate and keep spreading what's happening. We have to just keep talking. So, Well, I want to thank you so much for being such an amazing leader in your community and for those of you that are learning about Moms for Liberty and, and you're listening to the moms that are talking about their experience with the chapters, this really is about creating capacity for leadership in your own community, about in your own backyard. This is about reclaiming America backyard by backyard so that that local control of the school board is really the one who is shaping the policy for education in your community. And, and you can hold, you know, the government closest to you, you can hold the most accountable. And we believe that's the best government to have. So Anne-Marie, thank you for um, your joyful warrior spirit Thanks. and for joining us today um, and, and for um, really, you know, staying positive and keeping up the fight in Washington. We have 50 states in the United States and we are not taking any of the stars off the flag. Nope. And nope. so, nope. <laughs> and so we will fight for every state and every parent across the country together. So thank you, Anne-Marie. Thank you very much. Thank you for leading us in such a graceful way. Appreciate it. Thank you.